Welcome to the What's Crackin' Podcast, the show about content creation and the people making it happen. Join us every week as I interview content creators and get to know them as creators and as individuals. We will be covering all topics centered around content creation, so take a seat and relax as we dive in to today's episode. Sick intro. All right, what's cracking? What's cracking, everybody? Welcome to the What's Cracking Podcast. We got you there, Noah. Uh huh. For cool, sure. Cool, cool. All right, guys. Once again, if you don't know Noah, check his uh, check his links out there, and uh, he is a fellow content clinic member. If you don't if you don't know what the content clinic is, the content clinic is um, Sam's. If you don't know who Sam is, then you probably know who <laughs> Harris is. But Harris has a video editor named Sam, and Sam has a, a Twitch team called the Content Clinic, which I am in and Noah is in. So I don't know, weird flex. But anyways, <laughs> um, Noah, go ahead and, uh, and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who Neat on the Rocks is. Yeah, guys, I started off as a Twitch streamer back in like 2019. I was just streaming whatever games I felt like type of deal, but I wanted to be you know, a streamer, I saw that I had these dreams of aspiring to be this, the, you know, the next XQC or the next Ludwig or the next whoever. Um, and I really started to get into kind of the production side of Twitch streaming and then into YouTube. Uh, and then I started learning how to produce YouTube videos. And now I'm just super passionate about creating stuff. And specifically, I'm really passionate about getting others to create stuff. So I like to teach people how to make better YouTube videos, how to make you know, better Twitch streams, you know, more appealing graphics, uh, more engaging, tell more engaging stories, you know, because I really think that a lot of people are kind of uh, wasting away at a day job, dreaming of doing something, you know, more creative with their lives. And they don't think that they're able to do it because of how, you know, our economy is run and things like that that keep them from doing it. Right. Uh, and I'm here to teach people how to break through that and, you know, live their dreams and stuff like that. So. Right, right. Different times we live in. It's it's a it's uh content creation is not a concept that has a lot of people don't fully understand it. You know what I mean? Like our parents' mm -hmm. generation, grandparents' generation. My my grandma exactly. has you're on what is that program you're on? You know I'm just like it's it's called Twitch and YouTube, grandma. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, you're on the television. No, no, not on the TV. But yeah, no, sort um, of, sort of. <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally get you where you know, you introduce, I kind of do the same thing, you know, tell people tips and tricks to, you know, make better content, whether it's with your audio or your visual or speaking techniques to the camera. Um, I know you're really good at looking at the camera. I got to compliment you on that. And I've seen a few of your <laughs> podcasts and, and uh, I was definitely a little nervous to have you on the show, not going to lie, because um, you're really good at interviewing people. You know what I mean? So what do you what do you what do you do to prepare for a podcast? Let me let me ask you that. Is it is it uh Yeah, so so I run a podcast called Straight Up the Creator Cast. It's kind of a pun on alcohol since because of my name. I don't actually produce any like alcohol related content, just kind of for fun. <laughs> um but I started Missed opportunity I really started, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I started I I wanted to dive in because I saw so many 
and this isn't a dig on your podcast, of course, <laughs> but I saw a lot of podcasts that were interviewing people that weren't really, that were just kind of asking like surface level questions like, right. oh, what do you do? You know, what what's fun about making the YouTube video and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And, yeah. and, and, and I really felt like that was, you know, <clears throat> missed opportunities. I, I, you know, I used to go to like conventions and go to panels and people at panels would ask questions. You know, I'm super fan of everything I, I'm a fan of. So I people would, at the panels would ask questions I already knew the answer to. And so I was like, I really, I really wish I could just sit down with some of my favorite people and right. ask them questions nobody asks, nobody's asked before. Definitely. And so what I do to prepare for that is I usually will get in touch with the person, you know, schedule the interview and then give them kind of a rundown of the kind of the things I want to talk about. And that will usually be topics I've thought really, really hard about. You know, um, for for Sam, for example, I interviewed Sam. I didn't want to ask him like, oh, how'd you get started on YouTube? I, I wanted to ask him questions like, what made you decide that you being a YouTuber is what you wanted to be? Stuff like that. You know? Right. Uh, and so getting prepared. And, and another thing is I always pick guests that I'm super familiar with mm -hmm. uh, and try to get people that I've already built a relationship with so that I yeah. have kind of that uh that that starting point to go off of you right know, that that personal relationship that we can dive into the more personal stuff definitely i appreciate that i i, I kind of like to do the same thing in my content like i see a lot of there's a lot of tips and tricks videos out there my my rule of thumb is always ask why and always ask how you know what i mean so mm -hmm. you, you gotta ask why and you gotta ask how because you can say make valuable content on other platforms is a way to grow on twitch but why and how yeah, you yeah. know what i mean because we mm -hmm. hear it all the time so that's kind of been my, <laughs> yeah. my rule of thumb lately is it why and how so i love it could definitely relate to that um so tell me a little bit about you as a person because that's what i like to do on my show i like to know the content creator as a person uh i feel like it makes it more relatable you know what i mean so so tell me a little bit about what you do in in the rl <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I was raised kind of a little bit of a nerd. I was kind of a, a timid and, and shy child. You know, I was afraid of the monkey bars and the and the tall slides and the roller coasters and whatnot. Um, <laughs> and then I, you know, I, I made I made friends where I could. You know, in the advanced placement classes or whatever, and you know, nerd. going to start see Star Wars and <laughs> yeah. you know, and finding finding people that way. And I kind of had my small group of friends. And then uh, I got to I I kind of just had a really great opportunity to go to a, a semi-decent college for not a lot of money um and i got a decent degree and then got a really 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 decent job out of college and i just had a lot of really really great opportunities in my life yeah uh and i felt like a lot of people around around me weren't being awarded those same opportunities even though i saw them kind of doing a lot of the same stuff i was or trying to keep up with me and i and right. i i recognized that that wasn't really and it wasn't really fair. That wasn't really cool, you know. And so I've been working to I've been working to kind of elevate other people and the people around me uh, in the same way that I've been privileged to be elevated by by my circumstances and things like that. Right. Um, I've uh, because I've been you know kind of timid and just kind of taking the safe route my entire life. You know, this last year uh, I kind of concocted this plan to start taking some risks in my life. So. Uh, to start out, I went full time with content a month ago. Uh, oh, wow. and so I quit my job and nice. uh, now I'm doing this. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, uh, it's significantly less, you know, the, it, it is financial stress for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, but the but the financial stress is worth, you know, the freedom and mm -hmm. the and the ability to do what I love because, you know, I was not meant to really 
sit at a desk for 40 years uh at least yeah. not one that was belonged to somebody else you know definitely i um, feel that definitely so. that's interesting I, I you said that you you were open to opportunities not that not everybody else was mm-hmm. and um I, it kind of i kind of sparked a question for me now do you think you were deserving of those opportunities because you made it sound like these other people should have deserved it as well but do you think you yeah. worked harder and and you were more well-deserving of it? Or do you think it was kind of not fair that you got these opportunities and, and nobody else in the same situation did? I'm sure I'm sure there's some mm-hmm. element of imposter syndrome to it all. because Exa- I, I That's exactly where that... I was going with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure, because I mean, I do believe that I, I, I'm a, a hardworking dude. Um, mm-hmm. But it, there was definitely, you know, for example, in, in high school, for example, uh, yeah, I was awarded, I was able to go to college for very little money because I performed so well academically. Right. But I performed so well academically because that was I really didn't have very much more I needed to worry about, you know. Definitely. Um I was able to I kind of was uh, kind of was a slacker in high school and I still succeeded simply because I had nothing better to do than school. You know, a lot of my friends were in the same classes as I was, was working as hard as I was academically, but they had to go home and take care of, uh, you know, my friend had to come, come home and take care of his autistic brother. My other friend was going through, his parents were going through a divorce right? and some other friends were going through financial trouble and they didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And that's the kind of things they were worried about. And I was worried about, you know, when is, you know, when is the next, uh, when is the next star Wars game coming out? You know, when is, when is, uh, when is battlefront going to get an update, you know, and, and, and then like, yeah, whatever, studying tests, whatever. Definitely. Uh, and, and, so I got some opportunities and and I was like, I, I do deserve these opportunities to a certain extent, but the people around me deserve them too. And right. it's weird that it's competitive at like 16, 17, 18 years old. It's like dog eat dog. Like that's just not the way I think I don't want to get super political. I'm sure it's, that's not this kind of podcast, but it, it, no. in my opinion, it's not the way the world should work. And no, so, no. We actually, we had a similar conversation about... I don't know if it was my most recent podcast or mm-hmm. or just a recent stream, but we were talking about how it is competitive. The school, the school industry, or the school, uh, what's the word? The school districts, at least where I mm-hmm. lived and grew up, is not great, not great at all. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it's competitive because there's not enough. The teachers don't have enough resources, and there's too many kids. So I, I totally mm-hmm. totally get yeah. that for sure. Yeah, and I grew up in a city where it wasn't necessarily a super small town. I did grow up in like Oklahoma. So like mm-hmm. a small town to me and a small town to you is probably different or a small town to the audience is probably right. different. Um, but uh, I, we, I grew up in a place with only one high school. Like my city had only one high school. Yeah, and then small. when I, <laughs> I kind of, but, uh, but it was cool because everybody went to the same school, you know, right. uh, there wasn't really any separation when I got older. And when I, when I started to understand things a little bit better, I realized that most places your, um, your uh, school is funded by property taxes and is based on where you live. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that people who live in, you know, uh, poor areas are having worse schools. And so their kids get a, a, you know, a worse education and then they in turn have less opportunities, have to like, you know, they don't receive as much income when they grow up. Uh, they have less opportunities to go to college. Then they have to live in poor areas and the cycle fades into itself. Like we just have yeah. a really kind of messed <clears throat> up system that's really kind of vicious vicious cycle opportunities yeah it's a vicious cycle that takes the opportunities that people deserve away from them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so interesting yeah um 
So you're also a musician because you play the saxophone, right? <laughs> so let me ask you yes, this. Yes. Uh, going back to the school topics, well, were you ever in marching band? Yeah, dude. I was. All uh, right, me too. So Hell I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, our school, our school was actually really, really good. Um, I'm very. I'm always so thankful that in Oklahoma I had good teachers because right. <laughs> Oklahoma is like almost near the bottom in the states as far as pe teacher pay goes. Oh, really? Um, but I had, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, and my stepdad's a teacher, so it's rough. Yeah. Um, but I always had really great teachers and we had a really, really great music program. So I started learning the saxophone in the sixth grade. Uh, I wanted to learn like the trumpet or the flute and they put me on the saxophone, but I ended up loving it. So nice. Uh, I did do marching band. Yeah, I was uh, I was in marching band for three years and then I was a drum major my last year. So I was a leader. Oh, in right marching on. Band, so. <laughs> so did you did you you uh, you played saxophone for three years and then one of those years you were you were on the drum line? Is that what? Uh, so I did. I did uh, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. I did. I did saxophone oh, gotcha. in like, our little concert band. Then ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade, I I did you know marching band, concert ba band, jazz band, and then when I was a senior, I stayed in jazz band, concert band, uh, but I moved to being a drum major, so I was uh, a leader in the, I was a like a, a conductor and a leader in the marching band. Oh, dope. Okay, right on. Mm -hmm. Looks like we got mm -hmm. some fellow then, marching band people in chat as well. Nice, nice. <laughs> and then uh, in college, college, I continued to do jazz. Uh, and then recently I've started to, uh, all through kind of late high school, early, uh, yeah, through college, I was working on developing some music production skills. I was pretty much all self-taught. So it was a very slow process. Uh, but I started learning, um, FL studio and all of the cool tools that come with that. And, uh, then right. this last six months or so I've started learning guitar. So now I play guitar nice. <laughs> and, um, and I do some vocal stuff as well, but I'm less proud of my vocal stuff, so I talk about it less. Uh, but yeah, now I produce now I produce covers on my YouTube channel. I do music videos as part of what I do. Uh, that's kind of where I get to kind of flex, kind of my like production skills and like what I've learned definitely, is I get to you know do cool you know cool camera angles and color grades and and cinematic type stuff. That's where yep. it kind of starts to come in. So. Video and audio, they 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 you you can have audio by itself, but you can't have video without audio. I've always said sound design is, and and audio is so important to video. It's ridiculous. Sure. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these these movies that are created these days, they wouldn't be anything without good sound design. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For but sure. um, yeah. that's a good se segue into our our next topic of uh, creating content here. Which um, do you do you incorporate how much? How much of your like music do you incorporate into creating content? Like, is that something you want to focus on more in the future? Or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I do have ambitions with 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 music. I I told myself at the beginning of this year um, that I was gonna I wanted to have a self produced album by the end of the year, and I don't think I'm necessarily on track to have that done. Uh, but I decided to focus on learning more music skills instead. You know, I started learning guitar specifically, and I've just I've been spending like several hours a day playing guitar. It seems I'm really really into it. Yeah. Uh, so I do have ambitions. I I want to learn eventually um, drums, bass, keyboard, uh, all the instruments that you would need to put together you know modern music basically, right. uh, and be able to be proficient in it so that I can be uh, you know a studio musician and a producer. Um, but other than that, music kind of informs all that I do with content. You know, I'm I'm really I'm much more conscious about music than I think the average uh, content creator is. You right. know, a lot of people 
I was really something, for example, I was watching, you know, a video of, uh, of, of dream, you know, the Minecraft YouTuber. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, he's got a, you know, he's got some like cinematic chase sequences and writing his videos and, and it's playing some like, you know, kind of cinematic chase music to go with it. Right. And I realized I checked the description of the video. I looked around, the music was entirely uncredited because it was, you know, just some free to use probably YouTube stock music or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I realized this video had like 50 million views, like millions upon millions of views. And this musician was having their music listened to by millions of people and was right. completely anonymous, completely uncredited. And that didn't that didn't sit right with me. So, uh for all of the music that I use in my videos, uh even if it's free to use, even if the the license allows me to use it without credit, I put an on-screen credit for my for uh the musician that made the music stuff like that stuff that I'm, I'm just a little bit more conscious about music and and sound design and things like that than i think the average content creator is and i try to spread that awareness when i can no that's definitely uh i mean you definitely shed some light for me as as uh you know it makes sense i never thought about it before but because <laughs> yeah. i mean we all use royalty free music because we have to right you know what i mean but it's still yeah. it would still be nice for the artist to get some some recognition um, so let me, let me ask you a question there. Um, mm-hmm. are you going to be, um, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. That's all right. <laughs> um, uh, let, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, oh, I know where I was going. So you said, uh, crediting the artist or whatever. And I totally agree mm-hmm. with that. And it reminded me of something that happened the other day. I was on TikTok, and I'm not going to drop any names or anything. But um, I saw one creator giving a whole bunch of shit to another creator <laughs> because they thought charging for their design work was absurd and out of this world. And this creator was saying, uh, you don't charge other streamers for design work. And, and I'm reading the comments and I'm like, what? This is, this is bizarre. This is out of this world. And this person was calling themselves a designer. Uh, and, and giving shit to another designer for, for charging for their, for their custom commissioned work. You know what I mean? And <laughs> this, it was the weirdest concept, but I, I see this a lot in this industry where you see a lot of, you know, su- streamers supporting streamers and it's a great thing. And I say that all the time, but I think some people have it twisted. I really do mm-hmm. because there's nothing wrong and don't let anybody ever tell you that there's something wrong with charging for your time. That's ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that totally, I kind of wanted to bring that up because that totally reminded me of like giving credit and then, you know, yeah. it, it just reminded me of that. So I just wanted to throw that out there and kind of get your input on that. Like, do you, do you kind of see that there's some people that maybe I don't want to call them stupid or, or ignorant or anything. Maybe no, they're just yeah. not educated enough. You know what I mean? Sure. So, um, or they, they, or they need a perspective shift or, or, or need to hear another perspective. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's strange. We live in a very complicated business because it's very flooded and desirable market. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it's tough to, people are trying to get their feet wet and trying to get out there. And a lot of people, just want to work and just want to be recognized and so uh a lot of people they're they're and and and, you know imposter syndrome comes into it sometimes a lot of people are like oh i'm no good why would i charge for what i do sometimes and other people are are very kind of entitled about it and say things like 
everything should be free and we should be providing each other resources for free and I should be provided resources for free and things like that. When this was not an easy, this was not an, uh, this was not an affordable, uh, you know, path to walk down back in my day. You know, when I was, no. I was getting started with YouTube, you know, back probably before I was old enough to really understand what I was doing. Right. You know, back in my day, we had, you know, you had to pay hundreds of dollars for fraps. Uh, yeah. And then you better have you better have paid hundreds of dollars for a good hard drive because Fraps right. was creating hundreds of gigabyte yeah. uh, uncompressed files in your computer. Yeah. And then you better be paying hundreds of dollars for Premiere or Sony Vegas so mm -hmm. that you can edit. And yeah. then and and nowadays you can record in OBS for completely for free. free. Yeah. You can stream in OBS completely for free, and you can edit really professional videos in DaVinci Resolve completely for free. Exactly. It is. A, it is entirely alien to me that it is so accessible to get into content creation these days. Right. Uh, and now we have kind of a new generation of people, young and, you know, our age and older, uh, who are getting into content creation that think that because it's on the internet and because it's accessible like this, that everything should be free or that we should be working, you know, for free. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just simply not the case. You know, people put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of work into this stuff. Uh, and when it comes to quality, there's no, there's no limit to the price tag you can put on good quality. You know, right. it, it's it's about people work really, really hard for this stuff, and they and they deserve it. Mm -hmm. People who work deserve to be compensated for their work, in my opinion. So, it's time. It's all time. Time is money. You know what I mean? That that yeah, statement exactly. is, is is so true. Uh, I, it's up to the creator. You know what I mean? If like I have free assets that I give away, you know what I mean. But if somebody mm -hmm. comes to me and they want something custom. That's taking my time away. You know what I mean? It's giving away free assets benefits me um, because it draws people into my channel. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I've always been transparent about that. The only reason people do free stuff, um, well, not the only reason, because I like I enjoy giving away free stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, I like mm -hmm. helping out the community. I like seeing people use my design stuff. You know what I mean? So another reason uh, I give away free stuff is also a little bit um, selfish. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's okay to say. Um, sure. Sure. You're, you're, I, I think the, I think the thing that people really need to think about is that the most important, I, I feel the most important concept to understand in this space is the concept of the exchange of value, you know? Mm. Um, Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, work for free for this, for that and, and, and work for pay for this and that. Uh, when it's like, really, you should be thinking about things as an exchange of value. You know, money has right. value, uh, and that's the most that's the most basic way we can really understand thinking about value. But there's other ways of providing value too. So, like sometimes people will be like, "I will create graphics for you if you will come on my podcast," or "I will do this. I'll I'll make music for you, or I'll edit for you if you'll do this for me," uh, and things like that to establish relationships, and that's cool too. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I think. As well, you really need to think about the content you produce and what you produce for people providing value as well, whether that's giving away free assets or teaching people to create their own assets right? Uh, or graphics or teaching people to make music or whatever you're doing, you mm -hmm. know, thinking about who you're providing value for. Right. Because if you just start making videos for you, uh, you're just going to be making videos for you. <laughs> exactly. And you'll be the only person who ever watches them. <laughs> right. I see a lot of... Um, I think one of the most important things to being a content creator, and I, and I get this from being a content consumer, is finding mm -hmm. interest in somebody's personality is huge. And I think that... Um, 
I think that a mistake that a lot of newer streamers make is that right off the bat, they they think they are an interesting person. And I know that sounds really harsh, <laughs> yeah. but you kind of have to build to that. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But I totally get what you're saying about the the exchange of value. That 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 makes. A lot of sense, and I've never heard it broken down that way. But that makes that makes a ton of a ton of sense. So, um, question: Where do you? What are your your long term goals for like your YouTube channel and your Twitch channel, just content creation in general? I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> I would really like to become you know long term sustainable. I'm kind of sh- what you would call short term sustainable right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would like to become long-term sustainable. So for me, that looks like probably growing the YouTube channel to monetization and getting a, a decent income from, you know, ad revenue and memberships or whatever comes from YouTube. Uh, I would, uh, I've, I've kind of always aspired to be a Twitch, by always, I mean the last few years, always aspired to be a Twitch partner. And so I do have aspirations in growing a Twitch channel and, and building a community. Uh, but really, I what uh, what's most important to me is that I start, kind of you know reaching people and getting people to change their own lives and take these steps for doing these things for themselves right you know getting people if i can get just a few even just a few people uh to also be full-time content creators and they and they come to me and they tell me hey bro i couldn't have done it without you that would mean the absolute world to me i could i could die a happy old man (laughs) definitely you know hopefully a long time from now 80 years from now (laughs) (laughs) i could die i could die a happy man Exactly. Uh, if, I, if I if I went to if I went to the grave with that, so yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I think uh, you know, I am naturally an educator. I've always been, uh, I've always wanted to teach people how to do things or or give advice. Like giving advice is like one of my favorite things to do. I know I have a lot to learn, and I haven't really, I don't really have a lot of advice to give. But there are people that ask me for advice, and I and I truly appreciate that. So I do like to educate and. And one of the, the biggest reasons that I think I create content is because I've learned so much from YouTube. I didn't go to a trade school. I didn't go to college. I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? I worked for a band and I started recording their YouTube videos. And that's how I got into photography nice. and video. And it just clicked with me. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I'm a creative mm-hmm. person. So, and, and I've been lucky enough to turn that into, you know, future careers and graphic design and stuff like that. So... Uh, one thing I do I do love telling people is like you know you don't need if if you have the money for a college education and you want to learn how to do it professionally by all means go to college but if you can't afford college and college isn't really for you and you have trouble paying attention in school like I do then <laughs> you know learning things at your own pace on on YouTube we live in it we, we we live in a world these days where everything is accessible you know what I mean mm-hmm. and college is great I have I. I don't want to. I don't like to to sit up here and say you don't need college. Don't go to college because I've never been to college. I don't know what it's like. You know what I mean? Um, but I I do uh, obviously. You know there are certain professions where you absolutely hundred percent need to get a, a college education for sure. <laughs> but content creation is one of those careers where you know there's there's no college path. You know it does it help for sure. You learn things in college that will help you later in life. If you get a business degree, you know what I mean. You're already a step ahead of a lot mm-hmm. of people, but. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things about uh, you mentioned, you know, teaching people how to do things. And, and that that's exactly where I'm at, too, with it. I just I love educating people. I've learned so much on YouTube. I want to return the favor. And I think you said earlier, there are so many new streamers 
jumping into this market, jumping into YouTube, jumping into Twitch, and it's just it, that's not going to stop anytime soon. If anything, it's going up mm-hmm. and up and up. So uh, another yeah. thing is like you see, I've gotten shit before for oh you just give the same tips and tricks as everybody else. Yeah, but do that. Continue to do that, but put your own swing on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. be your own personality. Brand uh, uh, personality is such a huge part of your brand. You make content different than I make content different than salad makes content than wheat bread makes content yeah. than Cyric makes content. Throw your own their own spin on it. You know what I mean? So, um, and it's, once again, and it's I'm just rambling. People. I don't even know where we were. Going. <laughs> <laughs> and it's valuable to people to witness the different parts of the process because it's easy for somebody to ha- right, like exactly. Harris Heller. Yeah, you know Harris Harris's kind of the the flaw in Harris's content is that a lot of people have troubles relating to the stuff that Harris does on the day to day because Harris is 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 giving us, you know, the guidebook on how to grow on Twitch, right. but he's also on the day to day, he's managing, you know, a music label and he's managing, you know, a Twitch stream of of several hundred people and a YouTube channel of hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Mm-hmm. And that's just not what it looks like. His life and what he does is not what it looks like for the first several years usually. Uh in fact, I say usually in 99.99% of cases, it's not what it looks like. Right. Uh, And so he loses a little bit of the relatability um, and the down-to-earthness that you get from people in earlier stages from the journey. You know, Sam is a little bit easier uh, to relate to because his his, uh, day-to-day and his struggles and his work is a little bit more, resembles a little bit more what we do. And we're a little bit easier to get to know and talk to because what we're doing is a lot of what people starting out are going to be seeing. Uh, as well, you and I have a lot more time we can dedicate to the individual. So, right. for example, I'm going to kind of plug here, but it's not a plug, I promise. Plug away, Patreon, plug away. I, uh, I, I uh, offer like one-on-one stuff with people. And so I like help people set up. You know, I don't have a thousand YouTube subscribers. But when Mm -hmm. people see my YouTube videos, they say, man, that dude's got some pretty good audio. At least I'd like to say that. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, right. And so when somebody comes in, I had a guy come in the other day to my Twitch stream. uh, And within 20 minutes of me kind of introducing myself to him, he had subscribed at the highest tier to my Patreon. Really? Because he was new to streaming and he wanted to get to, he was like, I want your expertise on setting up really, really good audio and really, really good video. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I just, you're kind of a shortcut to that. I'm like that. If that's what I, I, if that's what I am, that's what I am. That's awesome. I'm glad I can be that. Exactly. You know, and that's how I provide value. And that's something that Harris could never do. Harris is incapable of doing that because of, because of the situation and the relationships he's built and how many mm-hmm. people he has to attend to. So th- there's value at every stage of the creation process, you know, that's definitely it's important that you say that too because um you know harris is great we all love harris but you're absolutely right you're absolutely right at a certain point after time goes on big streamers don't necessarily know well they'll know but they they don't they haven't experienced what it's like to grow on a platform at this point in time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's what's kind of scary you know what i mean so I think, you know, I think he's interesting enough and has built a good enough brand to where he's totally fine. You know what I mean? He's going to continue right. to create amazing content because of the brand that he's built. But, you know, there comes a point. I do want to talk to you about your Patreon because um, <laughs> you, you do you did uh, opt out of the affiliate program. Um, Previously, which, right? Mm-hmm. Pre- are, program. You still, are you still not an, a Twitch affiliate? 
I am a Twitch affiliate now. Okay, you are now. I can talk about what that process was like if you want. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, it was, it was a talking point, and I know that um, I've seen your Patreon. I actually used it for a little bit of inspiration for my own Patreon. <laughs> nice, so, dude. Nice, dude. Yeah, definitely go yeah, ch- go um, check out uh, uh, Neat's, Neat's Patreon for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I... Uh, so I was looking at options back in in October. That was kind of when stuff was coming out. I spoke a lot about Twitch's DMCA issues as well as a lot of the other issues Twitch has been facing. You know, Twitch has been kind of having some troubles, you know, with the way they run ads and that has been a problem for many, many years and is getting probably only worse really. Uh, it's getting better in some ways but worse in others. Right. Uh, you know, there's a debacle right now with sexual content and mature content on Twitch and how that's affecting ads. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's still a problem. Uh, There was DMCA issues, like I mentioned. And then there was a huge kind of Me Too wave on Twitch. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I didn't see Twitch taking a whole lot of action against kind of the the abusers and the people that that I think needed action taken against them uh, on the platform. And so I was kind of dissatisfied with the way Twitch is... Twitch was handling their business decisions there for a while. And so for I sure. thought Patreon as a way that people could dir- more directly support my content without half of their money going to Twitch. Yeah. Um, which uh, helped me, which which would help me financially and then also help me provide value directly to the, per- mm-hmm. the person because I'm able to provide, you know, pay- tiered rewards on Patreon. Right. Uh, and then come mm-hmm. February, they wanted to start running ads uh, there was there was there was a particular ad that Amazon was running wanting to run uh, that was political in nature that I didn't I didn't particularly want running on my stream and so right. I said, well if I if I opt out of the affiliate program which the affiliate program has been under criticism by figures like Devin Nash and and the like recently anyway yeah. if I can just opt out of the affiliate program push people to my Patreon I won't have ads running on my on my Twitch account yeah. That's something I could, that's, that's a choice I have and that I could make. And so I thought about it and about 30 minutes later, I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. So I announced to my community, I was like, guys, this is the final straw. I'm leaving the affiliate program. Uh, we're going to be Patreon only from now on when it comes to monetization. Uh, we'll have a super blowout stream where we, uh, you know, spend our channel points and, and, and all that. Right. Uh, and then we'll, and then I'll, I'm going to leave the Twitch affiliate program. Well, later that afternoon, Twitch got a lot of pushback about this political ad, and they pulled the ad from the platform. So I was like, <laughs> "Well, I already committed. Yeah, like, too late now. Too oh. late now." So I so I went through with it, and then uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, this past month, I've been really obviously it did happen to coincide about the time I went full time with content, and so there was. There is a financial aspect to it. Obviously, I do make more money as a Twitch affiliate than I do as not a Twitch affiliate. Right. But ma- but it's it's marginal compared to it. It is worth it is worth ha- keeping my morals. The big thing was that I saw Twitch was making some strides in moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and I I had said from the get go. I said if Twitch makes more strides in moving forward, like pulling the ads when they get you know creator feedbacks specifically if twitch list shows that they're listening to to the creators and the audience and listening to us and showing that we pull weights on the platform that is when i would be comfortable uh rejoining the twitch affiliate program and this right. past month i uh i got the impression that that was the direction they were going they finally added um you know there was a the 
Twitch has a suggestion board where you can suggest new features and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the, the top suggested feature on there for the longest time uh, was a trans tag and more uh, more diverse LGB LGBTQ options for the different tags. Okay. And uh, come a couple of weeks before Pride Month, they announced, hey, we are going to be adding those tags. We're going to be adding as many as they want, as, right. as, as we can. Yeah. Um, and then since then, actually, I've had a couple of friends. Like, I had a friend suggest uh that there should be a jewish tag and twitch went ahead and added the jewish tag when that request went through and so things like that plus i think they've been relatively handling uh how the how the the sexual content kind of meta and and debacle and and right. controversy has been playing out i think twitch has been doing a semi-decent job and taking feedback and working through rather than just ignoring it or or what i would kind of expect from them in the past i think they've been doing a a a better job than I would have expected them to do a year ago or six months ago. And so it was with stuff like that that I started to say, okay, I think I'm comfortable coming back to the Twitch affiliate program now. So now I'm a Twitch affiliate again. Well, congratulations on your uh, affiliation. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome back. Anyway, no, I think, <laughs> I, I think, you know, you, you stuck to your guns there and that's, uh, you know, you got to respect that for sure. Uh, by the way, I just want to say, guys, if you are looking to support a creator and they have a Patreon, and it happens to be cheaper or the same price for their first tier as a Twitch sub, you'll get benefits from the Patreon and they'll get, what is it, 90% of that money anyway? It so, depends on which, it depends on what services you get from Patreon. So like you can right. choose to have a greater cut taken from your income for more features as a creator on Patreon. But generally speaking, it's the, the, the standard one that, that comes with the tiers and stuff that most people use is only 12%. They yeah, only take 12%. Much better than over 50%. The 50 percent yeah. that Twitch takes. Right. Uh, that that Twitch takes from, from uh, gifted subs and subs and subscriptions in general. So Right. Not telling you guys what to do, but if you're thinking about it, you might get a little bit more benefit out of a Patreon mm -hmm. than a, a sub. But I know I understand people like subbing and they don't like ads and that's a huge right, benefit. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Definitely don't be um, persuaded by what I have to say. Just think about what I have to say, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Consider it at least. Yeah, consider it. <laughs> um, let's see here. What 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 are we gonna talk about next? Um, how do you? I how, had the notes pulled up, but I but I had them tabbed out because of, I had you pulled up. <laughs> oh no worries, no worries. Um, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about what your community. Uh, your community and how you how you find time to create content and because this is what I struggle a lot with I, I love my community right you guys know this um, and I, I want it I enjoy doing free stuff for the community I enjoy putting free stuff on my gilded server and free emotes and 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 listening to you guys but it's it's becomes harder to do and pay attention so much to the community when you're trying to make content all the time or mm -hmm. maybe work a job and create content. Um, how, how, what do you, what kind of things do you do with your community? Uh, and how do you find time for your community? So it's tough to say because it's going to look different for everybody. You know, um, I was, I, I would like to say that I found a lot more time uh, to engage with my community since I went full time with content creation, but in reality most of my uh, freed up time has gone to 
uh, my health. <laughs> so now I'm actually getting sleep. I'm actually exercising as I, a as little I'm bit. vaping I'm actually, my health, and I'm yeah. like, you know, <laughs> uh, as I'm, you know, I'm eating, I'm eating a little bit better. Right. Um, I'm seeing my family a little bit more. I'm seeing my friends a little bit more. Uh, and and I'm creating a little a lot more YouTube content, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm be able to I'm able to work with other content creators a lot more. Uh, I actually edit uh, for a channel. Uh, my friend, uh, she's Alexandra Lynn on most platforms. Please give her a follow. Uh, she uh, has now taken me on as the editor of her YouTube channel, and so I've been working well. I've been she's been developing her YouTube channel extremely quickly uh, with my help, and now I'm able to help her a lot more. Uh, I'm able to work on her stuff a lot more now that I, my time is freed up. Um, for me, working with with you know fitting in the community is all about uh, making the most out of the time you do have. Right. Uh, so sometimes you know, uh, sometimes you know, maybe a Twitch stream or maybe like something like that isn't the best move uh, for developing relationships in your community. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I do discord streams because right. discord streams are a little bit more private mm -hmm. uh, and they're a little bit more community focused They you don't get discovered on Dis discord streams. Not right. that Twitch's discovery is great, but <laughs> you won't, you won't gain any new followers. You won't get any people coming into your discord because you do a discord stream. Right. But the few people who do show up are going to have a really, really, uh, very very like valuable time in mm -hmm. your discord stream just because they're getting a little bit of a closeness with you um doing things like community game nights uh you know maybe if you're if you're an apex streamer and all you pay is play is apex um maybe have a night at least once a month where you're doing smash brothers or jackbox or something right. that people in the community can get involved with Definitely. or playing with viewers you know things like that mm -hmm. establishing those relationships obviously you have to be careful because you got to keep it uh, parasocial for the most part you know you can't really give the impression to try and give the impression to your entire community that you're personally friends with all of them because that just isn't feasible uh, but you right, do yeah. you, you should make an effort to make people feel like they are valued as much as they value you as a creator Yeah. because I'm guessing you are for most people I find imposter syndrome is much more common than arrogance these days and so most people under undervalue themselves and mm -hmm. underestimate how much their community values them right and so show your community the same kind of value like like show them the same sort of love and, and, and appreciation and take some time maybe away from direct content creation obviously uh growth is really really important especially when you're first starting out uh, but once you have a little bit of a community be okay with taking it a little slow and taking your time and enjoying the journey Definitely. And, and building those lasting relationships with your with your most uh with the people who are sticking with you right <clears throat> excuse me sticking with you through the thick and thick and thin goodness gracious you all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just started coughing there for a second um no i i definitely agree with that like i said it's definitely something um fi finding time is definitely something as a content creator you struggle with especially so the reason i wanted to talk about this topic i know we're 40 47 minutes in now and we're now just <laughs> oh finally talk now just finally talking about um time management and stuff like that but one reason i wanted to bring it up and it's interesting very interesting i had no idea you were going full-time but um i think that uh, it's interesting because I'm going back to work <laughs> and you're, you right. quit your job. What? Two weeks ago, you said about a month ago, yeah, about a yeah, month yeah. ago. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be going back to work. Um, finally, 
but I, I, I'm nervous. I, I'm not going to lie. I am nervous because I've been full time, not on purpose since I started content creation, but I lost my job during COVID. I worked in a photography mm -hmm. studio. Photography was not uh, an essential thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, I've been on unemployment, you know, and now I'm going back to work. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how things are going to play out. And I've always been a firm believer in, you know, time can be found. Uh, the more efficiently you work, the more time management you have. And, and, and I guess, I guess the key, the key to, to finding time is just working more efficiently. And over the yep. years as a content creator, I, I know a lot of you guys could probably relate. You find ways to be more efficient. I look at my first YouTube video and the way I filmed it and the way I edited it, it was just not as efficient as the one I did two days ago. You know what I mean? So over time as a content creator, you will learn ways to become more efficient uh, in creating your own content. So um, also congratulations on the video editing position that you uh, recently <laughs> nailed. I also have something in the works to be editing videos for, I can't really say, I can't say who it is. I don't think it's anyone. <laughs> sure. I don't think it's anyone, anyone knows here. Um, but I, I'm definitely excited about it. So I got that going on, going back to work, planning a wedding and, um, and that, that project and creating content and my commissions are open again. So it's definitely going to be interesting to find time, you know, oh, and, and uh, you know, also I wanted to talk about finding time for content creation when you have a significant mm -hmm. other. Uh, are, yeah. are you in a relationship at all, Noah? I'm not at the moment. Thank okay. you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing um, later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's going to be an, that's always an interesting topic. Right. Uh, it's very important, first of all, that you have a partner that supports what you're doing. Because uh, sometimes, you know, a partner, depending on who you're with or in what stage of life you're in with your partner and whatnot, uh, sometimes it can be kind of like a parent where you're where you, like, I went to my parents and I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a Twitch streamer full time. And my parents were like, what the fuck is Twitch? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, so, Sounds like a drug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's it's tough sometimes because like you don't always. Not that I rely on my parents for support necessarily, but if I were in a relationship and my partner was kind of that was kind of came out of left field, that would create some problems. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's important first that you have a partner that supports what you want to do and your dreams and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and and second of all, uh, you know, I, I did have a partner at one point in my content creation career um, and I have dated since then, you know, while while being a content creator. So I have some experience on the topic. Uh, That's an interesting. I do want to just... touch more on that, too, because I've always been curious of what it's like to be a Twitch streamer and be someone who's actively dating. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. that's got to be an it, interesting it's, it's uh yeah it's it's interesting because yeah. uh it, it'll win you some dates actually and it will lose you some dates oh I'm, sure. I'm sure it will yeah. <laughs> and so but uh it, it's it's one of those things where you really do uh just have to figure out what the balance is through trial and error there's gonna be some burning there's gonna be some conflict uh some internal conflict and some external conflict you know um, there are going to be people in your life who are confused and don't understand that you can't commit 100% of your time to them. You know, now that I've 
uh, now that I've gone full time and now, now my friends are like, oh, you're not working. You have all the time that you could spend with us. You know, and I'm like, well, right. that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Uh, and if I have a, you're more a busy partner, now. Be, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if I had a partner, that would be even hard, maybe even harder for that partner to understand. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Excuse me again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, um, go ahead. Uh, it's, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, um, that we're when when you when you start out there may be times when you have to say honey you you go to bed i'll be there in a little while you know i've got to stay up and and take care of this uh, or right. it's gonna be or or your partner <clears throat> wakes up in the middle of the night and walks into your office and you're you're yeah. you know entering degenerate hours in the edit you know you're in flow state so you right. haven't even noticed that it's four in the morning um Definitely. Uh, another thing is um there was a time when I was uh, unemployed and doing content creation. I had a partner who was employed. And so there's conflict there because sometimes you're not bringing in money or, or it doesn't it doesn't feel like uh, you're doing something that in their eyes is productive. And so you've got to really have you got to number one, you got to pick somebody who understands what you're doing and supports your dreams. Yeah. And number two, you got to figure out a way to communicate and and make compromises with that person. Uh, that are going to make you both happy because that person's going to have needs too. And that and if that's the most important person in your life, you know, you got to figure out what to do with that. So. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, like you said, I think it's important that you have somebody who supports you. Um, I know I, I'm open about my wife being supportive of what I do. And I appreciate that with, you know, hundred percent of my soul. I really do. Um, but she believes in me and it's important that you have somebody that believes in you. And I come across a lot of creators when I say that, that, oh, my significant other doesn't really understand what I'm doing. And that's going to make it tough. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Hashtag candy wife. There you go. Um, but, um, it's, it's definitely something that will take time out of content creation and you have to be okay mm -hmm. with that. You have to realize that, you know, I, I try to balance my work life relationship um as much as i can you know what i mean if you if you love mm -hmm. your significant other you 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 got to put the time in you know what i mean so it's definitely um an interesting topic for sure um i kind of you know i realized that i would probably have more time for this if i wasn't engaged or in a relationship you know but mm -hmm. uh, i'm okay with that and i think that you um if you're not okay with that, then maybe something's wrong in the relationship. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, yeah. So, you got to ask um, questions. Yeah, you yeah, got to ask figure questions. Figure out what, what the, yeah. For sure. But it's interesting. I, uh, so you said it's definitely um, nailed you some dates and lost you some dates. Where, <laughs> where are, are, are women completely turned off by that? And like all you do is play video games kind of thing? or <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think there is a stigma that comes with Twitch. And, you know, there's, there's different places on the internet, Twitch, Reddit's. Uh, you know, not to lump them in with each other, but like 4chan, things like that. Right. And when you mention it, you know, people have, uh, or, or, and YouTube, you know, when you, when you mention a certain platform or a certain part of the internet, people have a perception of what that place and that platform looks like in their heads. Mm -hmm. And it's not always representative of what the platform is. Right. You know, when I say Twitch, people usually think of xqc or you know pro gamers or mm -hmm. people who play video games for a living or whatever or people or worse they think of you know their exes who 
aspire to be Twitch streamers and then they were playing video games for 50 hours a week and not really and, and having, you know, two or three viewers, which there's nothing wrong with those people. It's just not the kind of stuff that I do necessarily. Right. Um, and so it's uh, it, there have been a couple of times where I've been, you know, on like a dating a dating platform like Tinder mm -hmm. or whatever. And somebody's like, oh, what, well, what do you do? And I say and I say, oh, I, I do Twitch streams and I produce YouTube videos or I do some video production type stuff. Right. Uh, and then I get instantly unmatched or I get I get you know, ghosted or whatever. And I'm like, right. well, uh, it probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. Right. Yeah. No, that, that, that's a good exactly. thing. That wasn't yeah. the kind of person that I needed to have in my no, life. No, not so at all. That's fine. Yeah. And then there is other, now that I've, I, I've put it in my profile now, just kind of, kind of just cycle. Kind of weed that. out, weed out the, the ones that are yeah. not about yeah. it already. Uh, and now sometimes I'll, I'll get people messaging me that are like, yo, what do you stream? That's so cool. Or like, I'm also a streamer and stuff like that. And so that has, earn me some you know cred <laughs> sometimes so, so so what you're you telling know, me depends. is that tinder is more of a discoverable platform than twitch even is <laughs> so i think you found a new meta to oh my uh, God, dude. you know you building a building a whole new audience you you tapped a whole new uh market there for sure you know, we've Ugh. heard that we've heard of the LinkedIn move. Now we're talking the Tinder move. <laughs> I can't say I've never earned a Twitch follower from Tinder. So <laughs> there you go. Let's there you let's go. go, dude. Let's fucking go. Yeah, <laughs> probably probably more than most people have on Twitch. <laughs> Yikes, yeah. man! Yikes. <laughs> um, interesting for sure. Um, yeah. So earlier I was talking about like how I've learned to work more efficiently and some some tips and yeah. tricks. Do you have any insight to efficiency tips for other creators? Yeah, dude. It's very, very important that people get their priorities straight. I yeah. know that's an easy thing to say. And it's almost kind of like nebulous, like not really like concrete type of advice. But like, for example, you've really got to determine whether it's worth your time. Hold on. Excuse me again. No, you're good. I ate breakfast just before this podcast. So I've got a bourbon. Um, <laughs> I uh, so, for example, um, focusing on growth versus focusing on you know like streaming, for example, because as most people know, growing usually doesn't happen when you're live. Uh, yeah. Growing usually happens from your your social media work, your networking, and most importantly, the content you make on evergreen platforms, YouTube, etc. Um, so the uh, the time you spend, and if you've got only a few hours a week to commit to to doing something like this and, and to potentially create a career out of content, you've really got to focus on the stuff like producing high-quality YouTube videos, even if it's only one every two weeks or one a month. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's what you can, if that's the time you need to produce the quality you want. And maybe that's all you do for the first year or for mm -hmm. the first two years. Um, you know, streaming is a lot of fun. And people are attracted to the idea of being a streamer. Right. But when you have four or five hours a week or 10 hours a week to, to contribute to content creation, and that's it, because you're balancing a day job that's sucking 40 hours a week out of, out of uh, you know, probably more like 50. Yeah. When you talk about commuting and getting ready for work and coming home from work. Right. Um, and, and, and and getting dressed and and getting and getting back in your casual clothes. I think yeah. of all the things that used to take so much of my time during the day when I was I was trying to create content at the yeah. same time. Um, by the time I ate dinner, it was eight o'clock at night. You know, and it's like, wow, okay, well, I can stay up until 
I can do a four-hour stream now <laughs> yeah. and be up until midnight and then and go then to do bed it again and the get next six day. hours yeah. of sleep and then do it the next day. Yeah. Uh, or I can I can take this time, you know, maybe I have two hours to write a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow night, I take two hours to film a YouTube video. And then maybe on Wednesday, I take two hours to stream. And then on Thursday, I publish a YouTube video. Things like that, where you're you're thinking of things more in line of what can I I I get the most? I can just suck the life out of this this little tiny bit of time that I have to make what I I want to make. And if you have more time, that's awesome. Dedicate right. more time to it. Uh, you know, find ways to fill in that time, but still keep your priorities straight. You know, a lot of a lot of really experienced uh, streamers and content creators. Will tell you, streaming is kind of the dessert. You know, you kind of have to get your meats and your and your meals from from YouTube and and from and putting putting your stock in into the stuff that's going to get you building a brand and growing. Right, if that's what you want to do. Great and analogy, then, by the way. And then uh, yeah. and then Twitch streaming is going to kind of be your dessert, kind of mm-hmm. your hangout time with your community, the cashing in right. of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other on the on the other hand, maybe you really really love what you do for a job, and there are people like that, and or yeah. maybe you're content <clears throat> with just working for a paycheck. You know, I really respect people who can do that because I'm not one of those people. Right. Um. Uh. And so maybe you're content with working for a paycheck at as as your life mm-hmm. uh maybe content creation is just a hobby for you maybe yeah. you just be okay with and having there are five people, to ten people in your twitch stream you know there are people out there that are like that one thing i i, I think uh I, I bring up tiktok a lot because i think there is a real glimpse of the twitch community in tiktok because we don't get enough time to watch other content creators and, and twitch streamers but if you are a twitch streamer and you're putting your content on TikTok, you kind of get a glimpse of what the rest of the community is like. Not the rest of the community, but a broad spectrum of what sure. the community mm-hmm. is like. And um, going back to your topic of um, um, I lost my train of thought again. Going it's back right. to your topic it's of... It's early uh, in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no, working more efficiently and stuff like that. I think uh-huh. that... Uh, and, and we brought it up earlier. Um, the there, There's so many people tapping into this industry, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if, if, you, if you're creating content that's been said before, throw your own, own spin on it and stuff like that. But um, what, what are your thoughts on TikTok? You're, I know you're on TikTok. Do you, do you spend a lot yeah, of, I'm do you dump a lot of time into TikTok? On TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I should be spending more time on TikTok. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I plan to be spending more time on TikTok. Wink, okay. wink. Um, yeah. I really think there's a lot of, a lot of people look at TikTok and they see, oh, this is like YouTube, but less work. <laughs> TikTok is kind of a dessert platform for me too, I think, mm-hmm, uh, when mm-hmm. I look at it. There are people who build valuable content on TikTok and they do grow their brand on TikTok. They do grow their Twitch streams. Hold on, excuse me. No, you're good. You're good. It's coming. Hold on. Um, there are people who do uh, build their brand on TikTok and things like that. But I, I often I see, and especially, you know, my friend Alex, uh, I see this a lot. She produces TikToks and she'll... So she's actually pretty darn good at engineering like viral TikToks. She's okay. got a couple of TikToks that are in like the hundreds of thousands of views. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, she she really enjoys that because she's like, man, I can spend, you know, 
10, 20, maybe 45 minutes on our TikTok and get all, you know, hundreds of thousands of views and all this validation from that. Right. Versus she pays me to edit her YouTube videos and she only has 300 YouTube subscribers so far. Mm -hmm. um, and so she, there's, there is kind of a, but, you know, not very many people are from from her TikTok are are then following her on Twitter or following her on YouTube or following exactly. her on Twitch. Exactly. And so people are enjoying the content she's putting out, and and you're probably laughing at uh, getting a good laugh or or getting some value out of the TikTok she's making. Mm -hmm. But maybe they're not becoming somebody who can become a part of her community, and that she can reach out and touch in a more you know a valuable way right uh in in a, in a deeper way you know build a deeper connection with mm -hmm. and so i think i think there that tiktok can become a trap in that way uh where people kind of get addicted to the validation of getting a whole lot of views on tiktok when those views aren't bringing a whole lot of substance to their content career as a whole yeah um and i've experienced that as well i had a i had a tiktok get like thirty thousand views and it was a completely like nothing tiktok mm -hmm. that was that i got like 10 or 15 followers from on tiktok and then you know nobody comes into my twitch stream like you're the guy that made the yeah talk about the guitar you know that just doesn't happen uh whereas my youtube videos you know they may get 100 views 200 views sometimes a little bit more if i'm lucky mm -hmm. uh but people come in and they say dude i'm i'm making my first video because of that video you published right. i'm yep. i i now understand what i'm doing because of that video you published you know not all not all views are created the same you know are are are, are you know what i mean so it's, no, it's exactly. one of those things yeah. where you've really got to weigh what kind of value you're bringing to people and not just focus on what the numbers game is in that matter uh, that being said, I do think there is a lot of opportunity to grow on TikTok if you do figure out how to really, really take advantage of uh, this, the discoverability of the platform to provide really, really super deep, valuable content uh, in a matter that can be presented in less than a minute or however long TikToks can be these days. Some people have found like hacks for longer TikToks. It's interesting. <laughs> um, that's interesting you, you say that because you're totally right. Um, you said you had a video that did uh, like what, 30,000 30, views yeah, and you yeah. got three Something followers like from it. So yeah, yeah, it most definitely depends on the content because mm -hmm. my my top video that I had at when it was started to blow up, I woke up one morning and it had 15,000 views. And then mm -hmm. by the time noon rolled around, it was at 20,000. Then that night it had 30,000. You know what I mean? And I, I got like three to 450 followers on Twitch. And it's because wow. it's because of what was the con, what was the, what the content was in the video. Exactly. I told people mm -hmm. I give away free stuff. You know what I mean? And I said, <laughs> this is, if you want to find free stuff, join my gilded server. And it just, the, whatever it was, however I opened the video, I don't know because I made videos like that before and they didn't do that well. But there's something about this <laughs> video and I still can't figure it out. I go back and watch it from time to time. I was like, what in this video <laughs> yeah. is, is attracting people so much that it has now 50,000 views because I've made similar videos. Mm -hmm. And how did I get three to 400 Twitch followers because of this video? So it most definitely depends on the content. Um, and I think that's a big misconception for uh, content creators is, is tw TikTok views will not translate into YouTube subs and Twitch follows. It, the, mm -hmm. Unless you, it generally speaking, right. Generally speaking, mm -hmm. unless it depends on the content, you know what I mean? So you, you, you nailed it on the head. I mean, uh, you, you pretty much, 
pretty much said exactly what I was thinking about the whole TikTok thing. I think we hear a lot. You got to make two to six, um, two to six TikToks a day. You got to have viral posts. You got to post. Yeah, I know, right? You got to post uh, <laughs> trending things, and I think that's totally makes sense for people who are trying to grow on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That want to be TikTok. That want to be TikTokers, yeah. and I think a lot of Twitch streamers think that being a TikToker or getting the tips from uh, you know other TikTokers, I, I think there needs to be a, a, a different uh, formula for for content right, creators right. that are yeah. on more. TikTok is going to be just part of your repertoire. You know? Yeah, you're on YouTube. You're on Twitch. Now you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter. You know what I mean? Instagram and Twitter are a little bit different. I feel like those are like the, uh-huh. you know, a, a little bit uh, of the, the well, Twitter is more of like, okay, I follow this person on this platform, this platform, this platform. Now I'll follow mm-hmm. them on Twitter. I do notice a lot of new streamers and, and I was totally, I was like this as well when I first started streaming. I was like trying to figure out how to grow on Twitter and I don't, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of information about there on how to grow your Twitter organically. And I think it's just one of those things that end up happening. You know what I mean? I think I kind of mm-hmm. just realized that Twitter wants to see, Twitter kind of is more of like behind the scenes and how your, your thought process really. Whereas like, right. no, it's good to post videos on Twitter. Like sometimes I'll, I'll regurgitate my TikTok content onto Twitter and stuff like that. Sure. But I think what I'm learning about Twitter is that it's more just like, hey, I'm going to lay down this thought really quick. Hey, I was thinking or talk to other content creators. Twitter's, exactly. Twitter, Twitter's a weird uh, a, a weird place to get the hang of. I'm not good at yeah. social media. That's one of my downfalls as a content creator. I got to be better at social media. I love anything that has to be involved in video. I'm good at it. Instagram, I'm, I, I'm good at, but I don't post Release it enough. Crack- Yo, Krakenheads, thank you so much for the two months. I appreciate you, brother. And he said, love you, my dude. Love you, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. But yeah, it's um, Twitter's Twitter's a weird place. Are you are you on Instagram as well? I've uh, so yeah, that's a rough one. <laughs> that, that's a good segue into what I like to say. I my what I kind of tell people, and this is just kind of my opinion. Obviously, everything so far has just been my opinion, but mm-hmm. uh, I really think so. There's a there's a concept called Dunbar's number, which is kind of this theory that you can only hold. You can only maintain so many relationships in your life at one time. You know, right. Dunbar's number is something like 150. You can only really like remember 150 people's names and keep up with them and, and you know, including your family and friends and everything. Right. I think we have a Dunbar's number for number of platforms we can really balance at the same time. Thank you. Thank you for saying um, this. We need to normalize that thought process too. We need to normalize this thought yeah. process because there is this, a lot of people kind of panic when they, they think there's this expectation that I have to be performing at the level of a TikToker on TikTok and mm-hmm. performing on a level of a full-time Twitch streamer on Twitch right. and putting out a high quality produced YouTube video once a week yeah. and being active on Twitter and being active on Instagram. That's a really, really scary idea that you're going to have to be consumed by this like internet life. Right. Uh, I really think that the two most important platforms for me right now are Discord and YouTube or Discord or Gilded, uh, depending on your preference. But right. any a, a messaging platform where you can foster a community directly like Discord mm-hmm. and then something that lets you get in touch and discover an audience right. like YouTube. You've got a community and an audience right. and you need a way to build both. 
Um, and so for me, it's Discord and YouTube. For other people, it may be, um, you know, Gilded and TikTok. Mm -hmm. It all just depends. For me, those are the big, those are the big ones. And then for me, I only really, my Dunbar's number when it comes to platforms is about three. I can only really juggle Discord, YouTube, and Twitch. Okay. Um, I post on Twitter quite a bit just because I'm kind of addicted to Twitter and it's kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm not actually growing Twitter and I'm not actually gaining anything of my brand from Twitter because I'm not actually fostering it the same way I'm fostering my other platforms. Right. And so, but you could use Twitter maybe in place of Discord or in place of of, of Gilded in that kind of formula. Uh, and then you, if you do YouTube streams and you incorporate those into YouTube videos, you could probably add a third platform to that. So you could do mm -hmm. Instagram. You could do, in, you could probably do things like syndicate your, your TikToks to YouTube shorts and Instagram reels and things like that. Right. Uh, but I don't think we should, uh, there, there, you, you probably should not go in with the expectation that I'm going to create all original content every single day. For Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Discord, YouTube, Twitch. Like it's it's probably just not going to happen right. until you are huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh slash full time, slash you have a team working. With you. Exactly. A team. That's yeah. what a lot of people are that's what a lot of people are doing. Uh, so, I think yeah, um, like I said, I think it's important that that is said more because I think a lot of people, including myself, get caught up in this. I feel like I have to be on Instagram because I, I am a designer. I have to show photos of what I'm doing. And I used to love Instagram. I, I, I right. used to, when I was as a photographer, yeah, when know? I was doing freelance photography, I had my own Instagram for that. And I would post all my photos on there, but then doing Twitch and YouTube and having a discord and a gilded, uh, which are pretty much, I, I treat them identically. The only difference is mm -hmm. I like to put my free stuff on gilded because it looks nicer. It's easier for me to host stuff on there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I pretty much, you're, you're absolutely right. Discord and Gilded, Twitch, YouTube. Twitter I use, I don't use it enough because I have this, I have this imposter syndrome of like, I know what I should be posting on Twitter, but I don't think anyone cares. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. it goes back to that whole, you know, as a content consumer, I watch who I watch because I'm interested in, in them, whether, you know, whether it's, I'm semi interested in them, I'll watch them from time to time, or I'm extremely interested in them. Like, um, who, who's a good example. There's this guy, um, called the fine print. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, he has a YouTube channel and he is a van, a van dweller. He lives out of his van. And I'm like, I've always been fascinated with people who build those custom vans and they live out of them, but he's also a gamer and he creates content uh, from his van. And he goes, he, like, he talks about how he built his van, how he gets internet in his van. He plays World of Warcraft in his van. He streams from his van, creates YouTube. Nice. I'm just extremely interested in his content. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I Once again, don't know where I was going with that. Just kind of rambling. But <laughs> Well, you were mentioning... You were mentioning, uh, you know, like Twitter, Twitter, and getting involved right. in Twitter, and 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 how to really kind of start a discussion on Twitter that brings value to people, right? Because the problem is, is that a lot of people use Twitter selfishly. You know that they they they're like, I'm posting things about my life, and people don't care. Why don't people care? Yeah. And it's like, well, uh, you haven't given people yet a reason to care because a lot of people post about their life, um, and you know your story. Um, you know, there, there is a certain element of our story isn't necessarily more or less special than the next person's story. So, mm -hmm. 
um, giving some kind of value to somebody so that they do care about your story is, is where it comes from. So right. for, for mm -hmm. me, Twitter, um, you know, Twitter for me is not about like the follower counts or like even the tweet engagement. For yeah, me, Twitter you, is about getting the discussion element out of it. Exactly. And you learn that. You, you have to learn that because when, when you start creating content and you're new to Twitch and you're new and you're like followers, 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 you think the yeah, same thing uh -huh. with Twitter. I don't give it. I don't I haven't. I don't remember the last time I looked at my Twitter followers. You uh -huh, tend to uh -huh. just not care. You know, you care, you care, but you care more about, more about like Twitch and YouTube and TikTok. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Whereas Twitter's mm -hmm. just like, I'll go have a discussion on there. And you're absolutely right. It's not about the followers. It's about the discussions you have and stuff like that. And people care about the ratio. They're like, oh, I'm following, I'm following twice as many people as I have followers. Right. I got to get my ratio. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Nobody looks at that. No, you <laughs> like, look I've at never, it on ever, your own ever page. Look, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you've, and I guarantee you've never looked at it at somebody else. And if you have, what are you doing? Like, no. uh, it doesn't I really matter. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. As you gain followers on Twitter, you get the privilege of becoming a discussion leader. Uh, but in the meantime, you can still participate. Even if you have zero followers on Twitter, you can still participate in the discussions, you know, mm -hmm. follow people relevant to what you want to be talking about. Right. Um, search topics on Twitter relevant to what you'll be talking about. Our friend Patrick Sterling, he's yep. kicking ass. Yeah, uh, he he's got the he follows the Gary V idea. The Gary V advice is literally search the topic. You know, Gary V used to run. um or still runs a wine store, an online yep. wine store, he would search up wine, the topic wine on Twitter, just yeah. the word wine. And he would just dive into threads and just talk to people about wine on Twitter. Yep. Uh, and so uh, Patrick Sterling search up, searches up DaVinci Resolve. Yeah. And so anybody asking questions about editing, yeah. Patrick jumps in and sees if he's he can answer their questions. Right. And I think that's brilliant. Oh, you know, he's, yeah, he's most definitely. jumping into the discussion. And even though he doesn't necessarily have the followers, he's choosing to lead the discussion in a way, in his mm -hmm. own way. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something you can do as well. Right. Um, and then you're providing value to people. And, right. and so people tend, to, when you provide value to somebody, people tend to want to return it. People tend to feel indebted. And, yeah. you know, obviously don't just do things for selfish reasons you got to come from a place of wanting to help people for mm -hmm. real yeah uh but be prepared to also receive some benefit from it and that's yeah. a pretty cool thing you know everybody wins so definitely definitely yeah uh patrick he's he's uh for those of you who don't know patrick is uh patrick sterling is a youtuber he doesn't stream on twitch i know that does he stream on youtube now he does some streams on youtube occasionally yeah he's starting to dive okay. into it I know a lot of you content creators and, and Twitch streamers out there use DaVinci Resolve. Um, first of all, Noah is a is a Resolve user, but Patrick Sterling has a ton of YouTube videos about how to get started on DaVinci Resolve and stuff like that. Noah, uh, you you have uh, tutorial videos as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, I've got a few kind of like scattered tutorials on on editing in DaVinci Resolve, and I actually just started a series. Right. Um. I've got. Uh, I haven't really told anybody that this is the concept, but the concept is I came up with the idea. I wanted somebody to have 30 days of resolve videos. So like the idea being you watch one a day yeah. and at the end of the 30 days, you know how to edit as well as I do. <laughs> like a, so like a, like a together, lesson, like a, like a yeah, lesson. Yeah, plan or like almost. A, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I put together, I, I put together a list of 30 video concepts that I'm then that basically make up all of the techniques I use to edit videos. Okay. Uh, and I'm now what you might call a professional video editor since I yeah. edit as a profession. So there you go. Um, 
so the idea is is that in a month you could potentially be a professional video editor by watching mm -hmm. this series so i just started that so i just started providing some editing tips uh patrick is really really great he is one of the most brilliant people i've ever met uh in resolves fusion tab which is kind of Resolve's version of After Effects. Right, right. Uh, so he is really, really good at creating some really, really cool compositing stuff mm -hmm. that nobody else is really doing right now on YouTube. So, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know much about Resolve. I've been uh, I've been a Premiere Pro users before I was even streaming. You know what I mean? I, I I've been uh, given my <laughs> given my money to Adobe for the past twelve years. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Oh no! <laughs> but you know what? I love it. I love I love uh, Premiere Pro. I I think that uh, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard that. I think I'm the only content clinic member that uh, that feels that way. And I and yeah, I and I feel the effects of it too because I get a lot of audience from other content clinic members, and they see me using Adobe, and they question me, and I'm like, listen. I use Premiere Pro. You could use whatever you want, yeah. but this is what yeah. I'm going to use. But yeah, um, I think I've been thinking about diving into Resolve. Uh, I, I left a bad taste in my mouth because I jumped right into it and got right into the Fusion tab. So um, Woof. yeah, that that'll put you <clears throat> off if you've been used to After Effects for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I love After Effects. I mean, I, I understand people's complaints about um, Premiere Pro, I do, mm -hmm. but I love After Effects. And even when See, I After Effects is hard to argue with. Hard yeah, to argue with After even when I used a Mac, I used to I used to work off Macs for for work. I didn't use mm -hmm. Final Cut and I didn't use Apple Motion. I used Premiere Pro and After Effects. I know a lot of people would would uh, would, would disagree with me. <laughs> you know what's weird is is it's very and it probably has a lot to do with Sam. It probably really does have a lot to do with Sam, mm -hmm. and um some other uh big names in the industry i think like even epos vox uses davinci resolve uh-huh but i think he's i think he's switching to it basically or is is becoming an advocate for it right uh, at least i'm not sure if he uses it or has used it forever <clears throat> uh, for his own videos but he i think he's either switching to it or has switched to it or is mm -hmm. he's at least an advocate for it now right i think uh, in this industry it's it's so popular and it's weird because i go talk to my friends that are in other industry other creative industries that aren't mm -hmm. content creation and they're like wait what what's what's what resolve what i mean they know yeah. what resolve is but like why are you why aren't you using adobe or i use affinity like i love affinity and like affinity my, kicks ass. my my buddy saw me using affinity he's like what the fuck are you doing He's like, you, you use Illustrator. And I was like, no, no, I used to use Illustrator. Now I use Affinity. Nice, nice. You know what I mean? So, But I, I've always been a firm believer in use the software you're comfortable with and use the software you want. If you want to pay money to Adobe, that's your prerogative. Go ahead and do it. Because, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time and I'm not going <laughs> to argue with anybody. Uh, but I, I do always recommend DaVinci Resolve for people in this industry just because it's free. Mm -hmm. People that are becoming content creators don't have a lot of money to spend. Now, if you're going into an industry like photography and stuff like that, I'll definitely, I edit my photos still on Photoshop. There's no replacement for Photoshop for editing photos. And, if, in and my specifically, opinion. if you're going to be working with other people, unfortunately, Adobe does have kind of the industry yeah. standard kind of thing going on. Yeah. And so if you're going to be collaborating with other people and having to share projects and stuff like that, that's when I understand working in things like Photoshop for photography and Premiere and see that's where that's why I'm used to it is because mm -hmm. I've been doing I've been working with 
Adobe in a professional setting for the past 10 right. years. You know what I mean? So it was like in, anytime I would go somewhere, I, you know, I've, I've, they pay for my Adobe whenever I go to work somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll, I don't have to pay for it. They'll pay for it, you know? So, um, it, it definitely is the industry standard. And, um, same with final cut. I think final cut is a big industry standard as well for YouTubers. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think DaVinci resolve is making its way up there and I would love to see him extremely <laughs> succeed. And I, I would like to get into it, but anyway, what, what I think is so amazing about Patrick and I think it just goes to show that if you have such a specific niche, like he does not make any other video besides DaVinci Resolve, right. like having a niche is important. I think it's harder for, you, you know, I can't speak for you or anyone else, but it's hard for me because I'm trying to tap into a few different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll talk about stream design. I'll talk about, I'll go from designing panels to designing a call to action in After Effects. You know what I mean? So I'm in, I'm in Affinity. I'm in After Effects. I'm in Premiere Pro. And on top of that, I'm trying to give advice because one of the biggest things I do is like giving what I've learned in the past year in content creation. You know what I mean? I like to, I like to have talking point videos where I talk about tips and tricks or whatever, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not the only person to do that, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, having a specific niche that you don't branch out on too much is, is, is really, powerful. really powerful. Yeah. 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 I have kind of the same problem. You know, it's not every not every day that I get somebody who cares about learning something about DaVinci Resolve also happens to care that I produce music, you know. Not yeah. necessarily a whole lot of overlap there. Yeah. But I get to do things like use my music videos as examples in my Resolve tutorials. And I get to use them. Uh, I get to, you know, pipe people into that or use potentially in the future, use my music as background music in my videos and things like that. Right. Uh, and when I do build relationships with people and people start to appreciate me for me and not just what I provide, that's when they start to get interested in things like, oh, you also produce music. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. On the flip hand, when I'm creating music videos, you know, I've, I've been somebody who's watched a lot of, you know, covers and music videos on YouTube, yeah. aspiring to be somebody who does something like that. So when I can have a channel that produces music videos and then also shows how I produce them, that's something that's super powerful for a lot of people like me that I'm, you know, just searching, searching for, you know, looking to find. Right. Um, and looking to have them find me. So, what, so uh, it's a little bit slower than, you know, focusing on a really, really tight niche. That's yeah. niche that's underserved, but it's everybody's got their own thing going on. So true. Uh, what really got you into your music career? Was it was it all from from your middle school band experience, or were you kind of were you when you were really young? Were you extremely interested in learning a, an instrument or reading music or anything like that? Yeah, I was really when I would um, I can remember my earliest kind of memory of it was when I was uh, you know I had like a Game Boy Advance or whatever you know, um, mm -hmm. and I would take it on like car rides and shit. Uh, and on car rides, I can remember turning my Game Boy up just so it was enough to hear, but not loud enough to like disturb the people in the car. Yeah. And I would hold it up to my ear and I would go to the sound test in like Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. And I would listen to the music. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I played a lot of games that had a lot of great soundtracks. Sonic mm -hmm. the Hedgehog, Metal Gear Solid, games that are known for their soundtracks. Um, you know, Super Mario, uh, Zelda. Yeah. 
And so I got a, I got very interested in, in video game music specifically. And then also music on the radio was pretty cool too. Right. Uh, I, like, I liked a lot of rock. Um, I was jamming to Santana as like a five-year-old. It was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then so I, I really wanted to learn how to play music at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got interested in Guitar Hero and then I got obsessed with Guitar Hero. Right. And so I wanted to learn the guitar. Uh, but we really couldn't afford me like guitar lessons and guitar wasn't an option at my school. And so I got a guitar and I got like a guidebook and I like strummed a little bit here and there, but I didn't understand what I was doing. So I kind of mm-hmm. gave up on it for, you know, 10 years or more. Right. Uh, but then I uh, started playing the saxophone in in band and I stuck with it uh, and I enjoyed, enjoyed making music. And then I got mm-hmm. into jazz and I enjoyed playing jazz and then I got into improv uh, through jazz, and then I got into production, and it's been just a slope of now I'm a musician. That's that's just who I am and what I do. You know, right. I've been playing saxophone for I think half my life now or more. Uh, I'm 24. I've been playing it at least 12 years. I think it's been longer than that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what kind of guitar do you have? Oh, I've <laughs> I'm, a lot. Everybody who starts playing guitar. Uh, becomes a guitar collector. <laughs> right. No, yeah, for sure. So it's an expensive hobby. See it if I lift my microphone arm a little bit, I've got a I've got a Fender Stratocaster is the newest okay. one in my collection. It's just a, a standard. It's like a it's like a player series. It's like the lowest tier Stratocaster you can really buy from Fender. Right. Um it's uh it's pretty sick. Um but then I also I started on uh, uh I started on uh an acoustic my dad gave me as a squire acoustic. Um, and then I got my first electric guitar was an Epiphone SG. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from the Epiphone SG, I moved on to a Squire Jazzmaster and then now the, to the Fender, uh, to the Fender. So I've go. got four guitars now already. Uh, I've only been playing for six months. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. That's a, that's so, quite a I'm, bit. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of obsessed with buying guitars. I want to, I want to stop. I need to stop because I want right. to start learning keyboard and I need to get a nicer keyboard. <laughs> oh okay okay on to the on to the next thing yeah yeah well that's i gotta i gotta gotta move on (laughs) you plan on having like a whole production music production studio and and all that oh yeah i mean i kind of already do yeah Um, that's really why i bought an sm7b um microphone uh Uh, you know as a i had a um i I picked out a microphone before the microphone i had before is uh, and i still have it it's right here uh this is a um this is a uh uh, Blue is the brand. Bluebird is the model. Um, nice mic. And uh, I, I chose this one because uh, a, a saxophone player that I really enjoy listening to uh, called Insane in the Rain Music uh, uses a Bluebird to record saxophone uh, and as well as a lot of the things he does. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. So I picked out a Bluebird. Um, but I really felt like I needed something more for... Uh, vocal production and right. so i chose the sm7b uh also i'm also a podcaster uh and i and i try to and and production quality and high high level production quality is really uh important to me in mm-hmm. my youtube and twitch career yeah so i went with the sm7b because it is something that's kind of you know the industry, industry standard yeah <laughs> there we for, go for podcasting and vocal production and things like that so right right very good very good nice um yeah the the sm7b is is like everyone's either that or or the uh re what is the 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 re re30 or whatever it is, is that yeah it? The, the i forget what it's called but i see that Same one music. all the time 
Pokemane gets to use it. Yeah, Pokemane. Uh, everyone has those two mics for sure. And it, yeah. there's a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason people use use those mics. SM7B sounds R-E45, great. 45 something like that. RE45, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know. I got <laughs> To be honest with you, I got my sights set on, you know, something like a uh, you know, I'll have this Zoom mic for a while. It's not bad. But um, That's you know, quite good actually. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's this $80 mic. Sometimes it goes on sale for wow. 60. And it's a dynamic mic. It's no SM7B, but it, it has that dynamic uh, tone that I like. You know what I mean? It's it's. Nice. I got a lot of it's room noise. Pod mic, and it's cheaper too. So that's nice. Uh, it was either between this or the pod mic, and I ended up going with this. I don't know nice. why. I thought it looked cooler too. It kind of looks like yeah, an. Like uh, it kind of looks like an AT2020. Uh, it totally you, does when you take yeah. the windscreen yeah. off, but you speak into it, not like from the top, not from the side. I like I like slick kind of not super uh, kind of attract eye catching microphones. You know? Right, right. Uh, the the pod mic is just this big honking beast in your face. It reminds me of the blue snowball. Oh like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a, that's a fucking microphone in your face. And so I've never liked the look of the the pod mic. And the look of your mic is important, maybe just to you. But a lot of people would important. a lot of people would agree with that. I know there's there's some some audio nerds out there that says. Audio quality is way better than the way it looks, but I, you know, you gotta kind of kind of care about both. You know what I mean? Like, RE forty five is ugly as sin. I like the black one. Opinion. They make a black one, and it looks they way make a nicer. Black one now? That one, yes, that one's gotta be better. because that the color be is better. the color is what threw me off. I was like, ugh. You yeah, know what like I mean? Weird army green beige ish type yeah. of color. Like, ugh. exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was ugly. But um, before we Not wrap up. I do want to say, um, do you have any advice for working more efficiently, working smarter? What have what has Noah learned over the years to become more of an efficient content creator? Yeah, dude. I mean, I could probably vamp on this for hours, right? Which probably would be against the point. <laughs> um, yeah. But really, it's number one. It's learning the tools, and if you need to do that, you can check out my channel, YouTube.com, or exactly. on the rocks to learn how to edit and how to use OBS and all of the cool stuff you need to be a content creator. Um, the more proficient I get in editing, uh, not only the better my edits get, but the quicker I'm able to put them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, then you become extremely dangerous when you're able to put out a really high quality YouTube video twice a week. You know, you, yep. you really, uh, once you become just, you just become a wizard on the keyboard and have a stream deck for your for your uh, keyboard shortcuts and things like that. You just start plowing through it. Um, make sure you keep your priorities straight. Make sure you're prioritizing. If you want to make this a career, prioritize platforms that are gonna bring you the most growth and are gonna let you connect with your audience, uh, connect with your community the best. Um, and and learn how to pipe, how to grow an audience and pipe that into building a community that then becomes your your you know support base mm-hmm. and your patrons and your twitch subscribers and things like that your right. youtube members so that you can foster you know sustaining this um if you're if you've got very little time to to, to dedicate to content creation that's okay you can still grow there yeah. are still youtube channels where youtubers only work a couple of hours a week on their youtube channel and they were unsuccessful youtube channels uh, and through that, they're able to run successful content careers. And then once you get there, you can do things like 
quit your day job if it's something you want to do and then you can become a full-time content creator and you know options start to op uh, open up for you definitely uh so just learn how to balance your relationships don't sacrifice obviously you're gonna have to make sacrifices in your life if this is what you really want if these are your dreams you know, if you've got people in your life that really, really want to hog your time, you're going to have to learn to tell those people to say no. Right. Or you're going to have to learn to say no to those people. Um, but don't don't lose friends. Don't lose family members. Don't don't lose. Uh, if you've got if you have a spouse that supports your dreams, don't lose them over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, don't 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 neglect them mm -hmm. uh, because th those people are rare. Um and so, and, but, but figure out how to maintain those relationships while pursuing what you want to pursue. Definitely. Uh, and that about covers it. Um, and subscribe to youtube.com. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Plug yourself, please. Uh, here, let me throw my, yeah, yeah. my guest thing out there really quick. Um, yeah, meet on the rock pretty much everywhere. N-E-A-T-O-N-T-H-E-R-O-C-K-S. Um, on Twitter and on TikTok, uh, rocks is with an X instead of a C-K-S because of, the because I created profiles earlier that I then abandoned right. and then had to make a new one. Oh shit! Okay. Um, other than that, other than that, it's it's pretty much the same on all platforms. Uh, you should be able to find me pretty much everywhere. So gotcha. Uh, I think you pretty much know it on the head. I, it's funny. I actually uh, yesterday released a video on YouTube that was um, full time how to tips and tricks to become a full time content creator. Things I've learned over the year that I think are important and crucial to becoming a full-time content creator. Uh, and you pretty much nailed it on the head. I think one of the topics on there was learn the skills needed to succeed. Uh, learning, yo, nice. Mandy, how we doing? What's cracking? Oh, What's Mandy, up, Mandy, Mandy with the two months. Thank you so much. It's Noah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, learning the skills needed to succeed. Learning, not only learning them, but learning how to use them efficiently. I think the most important part is, um, is, is, Learning how to efficiently use a video editing software, learning how to efficiently use OBS. You know, I, I don't, how do you do your YouTube videos, by the way? Do you, do you shoot in OBS or are you shooting raw out of the camera? Um, I know a lot of people have a different, different tactics and stuff like that. Hello. Yeah. Um, so I'm usually shooting raw on the camera. Okay. Uh, I don't necessarily recommend that. Honestly, it, uh, right. I've seen workflows work a lot better recording in obs because you can obs with you know if you have if you're a streamer and you have a cam link and you have a way of getting your your camera com connected to your computer as a live feed yeah the footage that comes out of the cam link is pretty much comparable to the footage that comes directly out of my camera mm -hmm. when it comes to the viewer experience i record in camera uh, just for my pleasure basically because i like working with really really high quality it, footage it looks better it um, looks better it, it, it looks super sharp, but will the average viewer appreciate it? Probably not. Would my time be better spent uh, improving my workflow by right. simply applying down my workflow? Probably. Yeah. But that's just how I choose to do it. So I record uh, in 4K, 10-bit footage, all intra, whatever. Okay. And that also makes for huge file sizes. And so that's rough. But yeah. Um, and so I put those into, and then I take those and throw them into the editing program. Sometimes I will, um, if I'm recording like a Resolve tutorial, I'll do screen capture through OBS for Resolve. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll usually record um, my, I'm always recording my audio in OBS because I'm using uh, my GoXLR and my, and, and my microphone and whatnot, because I use the same microphone for my videos usually that I do uh, in my Twitch streams. Uh, if I'm filming like more like, you know, like a skit or or like an on location type deal, I will. I do have a 
uh, a deity microphone that uh, is on camera attachment. Okay. Uh, and so I use that one and will film in camera for that one as well. Uh, but usually I'm using OBS to record my audio and to record my screen for stuff. And then yep. I sync them in post there so that go. I can overlay my camera onto it. Right. I do a little bit of both. I, I, I've been sacrificing quality lately for more efficiency and, and filming my YouTube videos through OBS. It doesn't look as good. But like you said, the average viewer, as long as you're making that valuable content, it won't really matter. It's still good quality. Exactly. It's still great quality. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know what I mean? Most people don't even have the means to watch consume 4k content yet Most yeah so, uh, yeah i don't um, even bother with the my my sensor crops pretty largely on 4k anyway so i just record in 1080 um but yeah working more efficiently learning how to use the software uh learning how to use the tools that you have and that'll come over time before you even know it you know what i mean so like i said i've been using premiere pro for a very long time but do, doing this has taught me some tricks that has definitely improved my efficiency because it's a little different when you're not getting paid hourly and you're, you're working on your own. You know what I mean? Yep. And you're doing work for yourself. Sure. You yeah, appreciate dude. it a little bit more than, you know, just, oh, sure. you know, just throw <laughs> a timeline together and then they're like, can you add some text here? Yeah. So you learn tricks along the way and, and plugins and stuff like that. Um, people get hung up on 4k. Their award-winning films shot in iPhones. Content is key for sure. Yeah. It's all about <laughs> yeah. the content. Exactly. Yeah, story, story, content. Yeah. those are the key, not necessarily the production quality. People like Matt and I, we 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 work in people who work in production appreciate production quality naturally. Yeah, people who consume content, they don't, they don't, they do appreciate it, but not in the same way. No, uh, and and it it is it is you know Paranormal Activity was one of the best selling you know horror movies of all time. Right, and, right. You know, Blair Witch Project, for example. Yep. I think to those kinds of films, you know. They're shot on camcorders or security cameras or meant to look like security cameras, stuff, right. stuff like that. Um, it's all about the story you tell and not necessarily about the production quality. But production quality is fun. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. I can nerd out on, on stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a good, another good example is I think PewDiePie has the worst audio I've ever yeah, heard, dude, man. There are his, some YouTubers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, dude. And his camera is out of focus more than more than the average person would understand. You know I, mean? I tell you what, guys, if you are going to if you are going to go and get some good uh, production quality stuff, focus on audio. Get good audio. Yeah. Get, audio. Get, audio get can be more important. Audio yeah. Set up. I, I, I'm the audio guy. And so people don't take my word for it as much when I say audio is really, really important. But believe me. Yeah. Believe me because I'm the audio guy. Audio is the and most important thing. I'm about not video. an audio guy. I've learned a lot about audio since I started streaming, but I'm more of a video guy and photo guy. Don't buy an expensive camera. Buy a better microphone. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> sure. You can get a good microphone for a hundred bucks, under a hundred bucks. You know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't spend 30 bucks. I'd up it to like 60, at least 60 bucks. Yeah. At least what you've got. Cause you, what you've got. Sounds exactly. Really darn good. This is like this um, perfect starting podcaster slash streaming microphone. That and like a Samsung Q2U. And learn how to use your microphone and learn how to like uh, audio yeah. process and EQ and all those things. Yeah. Uh, I I will soon be coming out with a tutorial to do so in, in, in well, Directory Resolve. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to definitely watch it. Um, do you have time for your Q and A's? Yeah, dude, let's do it. I'm All super right. pumped. All right, chat. Uh, yeah, if you had, had any questions, it could be about literally whatever. If you have any questions for time management. Can I take a quick bathroom break while they you got it. while the question? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it, bro. 
Uh, yeah, so chat, load up any questions you got, and then when Noah gets back, we'll kind of just take turns answering them. And uh, or uh, they don't even have to be questions; they could just be statements. Whatever, whatever, whatever floats your guys' boat. <clears throat> you know what I need? A drink. A little bit of wet in my whistle. Um, what are your favorite After Effects plugins, if you use any? Um, I do. I use um, AE Juice. Here, I'll write it in chat. It's AE Juice. Uh, I also use uh, Mr. Horse. Mr. Horse. Um, those are my two favorite. They they both have paid for plugins, but I use their free versions, and their free versions offer uh, a lot of useful things. So, um, so Mr. Horse, what Mr. Horse does is they offer a, a a wide variety of of tools inside of their free pack. So, they offer what's called a keyframe wingman, which is kind of allows you to cheat the graph editor so a lot of people including myself are intimidated by the graph editor right once you once you learn the graph editor it's not that hard but essentially what mr horse has is a little slider that can adjust um really smooth animations uh instead of going into the graph editor so you can start you know start fast in the middle be slow and then end fast. You know what I mean? So keyframe wingman is part of uh, that. They have some transition presets that are freaking awesome for like text or anything like that. Uh, what else do they have? They have a, a handy little tool called anchor point movers where they show you a box and you can move the anchor point from the center, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. Um, stuff like that. They also have a plugin for Premiere Pro, which offers some sound effects, um, free transitions, um, free text boxes, a lot of stuff. I, I only use their free stuff, but the only thing I do pay for, and it's because they have an Adobe plugin is Motion Array. Uh, a lot of you guys have heard of Motion Array on the browser, but if you have Adobe, they have a plugin and I don't even, I can download it straight from Adobe and it makes it super useful. Um, so yeah, AE juice, Mr. Horse motion array, uh, they've become, uh, you know, very useful toolkits inside of my, my workflow, um, without replying the same time every week, what method of consistency do you find works better weekly, daily, multiple daily? I'll hang up and listen for the answer. Um, did you want to, did you want to answer Fanjectures uh, question really quick? Yeah. Fanjectures are cool dude check out his stuff everybody <laughs> oh i i actually know a um, fan gesture uh because of you he beat me on your uh your video oh yeah yeah, yeah he beat, he that's how i know he fan did. gesture yeah but ever since then that's i've been right, a fan yep. though for sure yeah dude he's he kicks ass yeah. um for those that need context uh fan gesture and matt both entered uh, a contest i had ran uh for for to get people to make youtube videos uh, and Matt posted, I, I make fun of Matt. I tell, I tell people he cheated. Matt posted his <laughs> engagement video and it was like, Oh man, he's pulling yeah. on the hard strings, dude. <laughs> it was really, really well produced, but Fanjecture, Fanjecture also produced a fantastic video. And, uh, we had the, yeah, uh, really we good. had the chat vote and Fanjecture ended up, uh, pulling out, uh, the win for the contest. It was Definitely. awesome. Um, so for me, uh, it obviously, 
cop, uh, I'm going to take the other cop out answer. It depends, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's really. Um, it does depend on like the platform uh, that you're talking about, because obviously, like twice daily Twitch streams is probably excessive. Uh, twice daily YouTube videos probably excessive. Twice daily TikToks maybe, you know. Twice daily tweets maybe. So it it, it does depend on the platform. Um, I would find a way to schedule um, or, or or find ways to kind of format how your weeks look or how your at least how your your workflow. Uh, operates on a like more than a day's basis you know at least plan a few days and ahead even if you don't have like a strict weekly schedule you follow uh, i know i don't i don't necessarily have like a youtube upload schedule for example um but i do at least plan a couple of days in advance like okay um like for example the other night um i wanted to shoot for a music video and i knew i had to shoot at night for the music video so i cleared out i was like okay tonight or, or that night, I will be filming that music video. Um, and then Alex will send me stuff. She'll be like, hey, I've sent you this footage. I would like to have this video out by next Wednesday. And of course, she's Australian. So for me, that means Tuesday. So like last night, uh, I stayed up working on that video with her, um, uh, for example. And so I, I'm always planning at least a couple days in advance of what I want to do. Um, I'm not somebody who works very well in a very strict schedule. It's part of the reason I didn't excel well in an office environment. <laughs> um, and so I don't tie myself down to a schedule too, too much. Um, but I at least like to, I, I do perform better when I schedule out my days. So I also recommend getting yourself, like when you're ever kind of winding down for bed, maybe pulling out a little bit of a planner. And even if you don't even reference it, uh, the next day, even just putting your ideas down for what you want your next day to look like helps you manifest a, a more organized day. You know, putting like I like if I put things like wake up, exercise, do some Beat Saber, which is my favorite form of exercise. Yeah, there you um, go. Do yeah. some Beat Saber, eat bre- eat breakfast, um, work on work on this video, uh, stream, etc., and have that kind of laid out. I find that I I tend to work better. But obviously, I, I'm somebody who suffers from ADHD. So I will suffers from I'm somebody who has ADHD. And so my workflow uh, looks way different. And my schedule looks way different than the next person will. So it really does depend. I really can't give you a, a strict answer. But that's probably my best answer. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, it, do, it does depend. Um, I think it it re- revolves around your, your life schedule as well. So like I'll have days where I plan my days around my wife's work schedule. So I'm busier doing content creation stuff while she's at work. That's why I'm not really active at night because she's at home and that's my time with her. So I'll spend the good portions of my mornings and afternoons where I have free times, free time uh, creating some, some days I'll create five or six TikToks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Other days I'll focus on a YouTube video. So I think what I, how I break it down is I can create more TikToks. So I spend more time on TikToks and then I'll look at what I can cut down into YouTube and when I say TikToks, I also do YouTube shorts. I don't post uh-huh. everything on TikTok that I do on YouTube shorts because I don't think some things is necessary. Um, right. Like if I stitch a video, obviously I'm not going to put it on on YouTube because it <laughs> yeah. doesn't work that way. But uh, I, I look at it as what I can get done quicker and what I need to get done. It's been a while since I've done a YouTube video, so I'm going to do a YouTube video. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have ADHD and it's hard for me to 
stick to a schedule. I've tried multiple times to writing down a strict schedule and following it myself, but I almost know better in my head what I need to do um, rather than writing it down. Now, there are certain things that I love writing down and it helps out, but a schedule is not really one of them because mm -hmm. I get distracted easily. I'll be working on TikTok and then I'll switch to a YouTube video and I, I really need to focus on that because I need to stay focused on one thing at a time now, not necessarily, but I would like to stay focused on one thing at a time mm -hmm. because I wander a lot. So, yeah, it really just depends on what platforms you want to focus on mainly. So, like we talked about earlier, don't, you know, three platforms to me is plenty. You know, I got Twitch, mm -hmm. YouTube and TikTok. And then on top of that, I don't I consider my Gilded and Discord a platform, but I think it's. Yeah, uh, it's a little it, bit different. It's a little bit different. So, you know, what platforms do you want to focus on? Focus on three, maybe four key ones. Um, but, you know, I think we're all learning. We're all learning together and there's no right or wrong way. Um, I learned a lot from my analytics. Uh, you know, so I'll say, okay, what days works best for this? What times work best for this? So if I can get a video out in the, in the morning on TikTok, cause I know it'll do better if I post in the morning or really late at night for some reason. Uh, I mean, it's not for some reason. That's just when people are active most, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and it's hard being on the West coast because what's early for me is like noon for other people. You know what I mean? So uh -huh, I think yeah. I live in this <laughs> weird time zone. Um, Anyway, I, now I'm just rambling again. That's what I do. But anyway, <laughs> that's all right. You're, I think it's value. What you're saying is valuable. Yeah. Uh, Panjecture said, Panjecture says you put down wake up on your schedule. Isn't that a given? <laughs> well, listen, uh, sometimes uh, I do have to schedule or think about when I need to wake up because it's not always like yeah. when I roll out of bed. Like obviously with not having to be up at 9 a.m. anymore every or every 8 a.m. every morning for, for a day job, a, a desk job. Um, I do have a little bit more flexibility in when I wake up, but that's right. also why I, I schedule it in, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes I'm like, wow, I actually like, for example, Alex is Australian. I stayed up all night working on this video with her. I only slept for two hours. And so I, uh, yeah. I slept, I went to bed at like seven in the morning, um, and then slept for two hours and then got up for this pot podcast or, or, or slept for three hours and got up for this podcast so right um i saw you uh, i saw you on discord <laughs> pro probably at like i don't know it was like 1 a.m 2 a.m my time and i was like well he's staying up late too you know i'll see yeah, 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 yeah i, yeah, I can yeah. function off four hours of sleep <laughs> <laughs> and so it was it was one of those things i'm probably gonna go to bed i have to Pro most the, the worst problem is I have to be somewhere this evening. So I'll probably after I after I get done streaming after this, I'll probably head back to sleep for a couple more hours. Catch a nap. Uh, yeah. before, I be, before I have to be somewhere. Sleep um, is important. But uh, but uh, so, yeah, sometimes I do have to like think ahead like, OK, I should be up by this time. And also sometimes if I don't do that, uh, I'll wake up and then I'll lay in bed browsing Twitter for an hour or yes. two or yes. three if it's that enough yeah. and so that's and that's never good so sometimes i do schedule like get out of bed even if that's not when i wake up you know <laughs> yeah uh my biggest issue is consistency of posting social media slash streaming because i have a 40 hour uh a week job that is not guaranteed to set uh not a guaranteed set schedule makes being consistent really tough and i know consistency is a major plus for growth so consistency is talked about a lot right and i think consistency is a word that probably needs to be broken down a little bit more mm -hmm. than it is because 
consistency is I think more broad than a lot of people think. I think if you're 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 streaming a lot of people can't set a schedule. I don't set a I don't have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 a.m. schedule, but I stream three days a week, typically Mondays or typically Tuesdays. We do the podcast. That's kind of my consistent thing. And then I'll stream maybe Wednesday and Friday or Thursday and Friday. You know, that's not always the same, but it's pretty consistent. You know what I mean? Um, I think as you become a full time creator, you can be more consistent. But I think as a, as a growing streamer, I think the word consistency is important, but it could be a little bit more relaxed than mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people get stressed out on that word, including myself. And I'm speaking from experience. It's like I have to be here at this time for my audience. Not necessarily. You know what I mean? It, it, right. Yes and no. Um, it, he says that wasn't really a question, but, <laughs> uh, but no, it's tough. Uh, it is tough. Yeah, I think consistency really should be thought of more about in the context of progress rather than in the context of structure. Yeah. You know, structure is good and it is good for people. Like if you've got a consistent stream schedule, it is good to have people expect you at a certain time. Uh, but, you know, Matt, Matt, you know, I have or I did have until I went full time. I'm actually a little bit more flexible now. I did have a super strict streaming schedule. Uh, and Matt doesn't, and we're both running channels of about the same size uh, at about the same and growing at about the same speed. Mm -hmm. So it, it works better for different people and in different ways for different people. And there will always be a way of making it work in that way. For me, consistency means showing up. And that can mean posting, even though you, you know, you struggle to find the time for it. Um, you know, posting a tweet at 1 a.m. even because that's th the time you found the time to post a tweet. You know, right. um, posting posting a TikTok at, an, at a suboptimal time uh, if that's what you have to do. Yeah. Um, being late on your YouTube upload but still getting the YouTube video done because you 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 worked in some time between your shifts or whatever to work on the YouTube video even though it was inconvenient. You know, that's what consistency means to me. Um, it's more of in, in the lines of, of showing up in the idea that you are, are, are really putting in the work when you can, right. uh, even if you don't have a whole lot of control over when that time is. Also, uh, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Also, it's about, it could be about the content that you make These should be consistent as well. Um, mm -hmm. so if you're, if you're a chatting streamer and people are used to you doing what you're doing, that's why they're there. That's why they continue to show up. Now it's good to mm -hmm. try new things, but you should also stay consistent within your niche. Uh, so consistency, mm -hmm. as long as you're staying semi-consistent on your schedule, it's also good to stay semi-consistent on your content. Um, yep. Try new things. As a smaller streamer, we have more, I should, I don't like using the word streamer as a small content, smaller yeah. content creator. We have a little bit more leeway with trying different things within our niche. As someone say, you know, if you grow a channel huge off of dog content, right? You already, you're the guy who makes dog content. You're, you, you shouldn't really switch up too much what you're doing, but as a mm -hmm. small streamer, it's crucial that we adapt and change and try new things to see, and learn from our analytics and learning from your analytics, not dwelling on your analytics. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. And I think that's, that is, a, that is a huge thing. I I'm guilty of it. I know a lot of people who are so focused on numbers and stuff. Eventually 
I've gotten really good at this. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I stop looking. I don't care about my, I don't look at the Twitch viewers, you know, as, as long as, you know, I'm making content, you know, and, and then another thing is like, this will be on YouTube. This will be on Spotify. You know what I mean? So once again, uh, I'm, I'm veering off there. My ADHD brain's like, okay, <laughs> okay. now talk yeah, about this. Now talk about this. What you're saying is valuable on the topic, <laughs> I think. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, consistency in a schedule and consistency on content are, are important, but it could be it could be a little bit more relaxed. Um, Ma- Mandy, by the way, you said, uh, don't yell at me, but I think uh, some of the video copilot, uh, I like some of video copilot stuff. Andrew Kramer is a god, and um, I think he's he's brilliant. He's taught me a lot of stuff that I know. So why would I yell at you for that? What's wrong with uh what's wrong with video copilot? Um, do you know, Noah? Uh no, I don't I don't. I video I was like, did he great. do something that I'm not aware of or something <laughs> like that? But um anyway, uh Fanjecture, do you have any video recommendations for channels for YouTube analytics guides? It can be overwhelming and confusing, and most videos out there, uh I made this much in a month yeah yeah there's uh what is his name do you know of any noah um i, I, I actually kind of don't now that i think about it i don't not that any that target youtube analytics specifically I, it's kind of just something that it's really hard to teach youtube analytics because it's so unique to you you know um you kind of just have to learn what the target's metrics are that you really need that that like all the other metrics are dependent on and kind of work from there you know it's kind of hard right. to, hard to say especially when everybody's content is different like i know fanjecture does a lot of live stream content on youtube and fashions his live stream content into something that can live as a video mm-hmm. uh and that's not super common on youtube and so those watch th- those analytics are going to look different than most YouTube channels, I think. Right. So it's hard to say exactly. Um, I'm sure there are some videos out there that are probably going to be useful in learning what the key metrics are and how to interpret them. Uh, Mainly, it's going to be watch time, uh, watch percentage, things like that. But but also, Nick Nimmin has a lot of great videos on topics like that. So Yeah. So if I were to recommend anybody, I know there's more out there probably than this guy, but I do find myself watching a lot of Nick Nimmin's videos. Uh, so if you're looking for someone there, this is, this is his page. Uh, very, uh, intelligent gentleman there with some, some Dude, good knowledge for sure. Sick. <laughs> you like the scene? I, yeah, it's I don't dope. use it very often, but. I was my my of, podcast looks scuffed compared to yours, dude. No, dude, I like yours. I like how yours is Mine vertical is. and it looks like you guys are talking <laughs> to each other. I like yours. Don't 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 have the no imposter syndrome on your own, on your own shit. I like I yours. had to throw together I threw together I did a scene like this one time on uh on one of my podcasts and I had to just kind of throw it together, just kind of right. threw us in the corner. Uh <laughs> and so so this was um, I look at this and I'm like, oh this looks sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry about that. I left the intro on. Um, but anyways. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, um, are you going to be streaming there, uh, Noah? Uh, after this podcast? Yes. Okay. I planned on it. Okay, perfect. If you want to launch up your stream, I'll drop you a raid. and, and um, Hell yeah, brother. I appreciate it. we'll head it. over there. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a fool that I call this guy master. Yeah, don't call me master. This guy, Jabba's always calling me master. <laughs> I... I <laughs> <laughs> I said, pick a, cool a different, dude. pick a, pick a different word. <laughs> we're Matt Jedi sh- Knights. I don't know that we're masters yet. <laughs> uh, Matt should do graphics f- uh, for Noah for free. That's what we learned. 
<laughs> but he, I like your <laughs> graphics, though. You have the unique design to your graphics for Thank sure. Thank you, my man. You know I mean, it's like I enjoy making my own graphics. The so neon, the it. neon looks and stuff like that killed it definitely. Appreciate it, brother. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're gonna end the end the stream here. I'll let you go and start up your stream, and then we'll we'll yeah, chat here for a little bit. Ahead and then and just hit start because <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Why not? Right for sure. Yeah, start it up, and then and then we'll drop the raid on over there. All right, and, brother. Um, yeah, thanks for being on the show today, everyone. Yeah, here thanks is, for having me. If you have a link tree or anything, you can feel free to drop I it. I do in chat. have a link tree. Holy shit! Yeah, I should have asked <laughs> I you. I usually tree. ask people if they have a um, a link tree. Uh, what's up, Zach? What's cracking, brother? Yo, I kind of, I kind of completely forgot I had a link. Yeah, tree. drop drop the link tree <laughs> so people know where to find your all your stuff. <clears throat> um, yeah, brother. Yeah, here it is. I got the M50 Mark II. Uh, Hell yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's that has everything from my uh, that has everything from my Twitch channel to my business email. So you'll find all my social medias there, the Discord, everything. So Patreon, perfect. It's all there. So, perfect. Appreciate yes. it, brother. Um, Grats, Zach, on the new cam. Um, congratulations on that. Should be uh, pumping out some pretty nice looking content now. Uh, Greg, you take it easy too, man. I appreciate you guys being here. Everyone who's been here, Jabba, Zach, Mandy, Wheatbread, Finjecture, Bisto, all you guys, thank you so much. I appreciate all of you. Couldn't, uh, wouldn't be doing this unless it was for, for you guys for sure. So, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't record locally. Do you think I could get, uh, this recording or oh, whatever, for sure. or yeah. whatever you edit or something? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, so I, I usually download the, the VOD. I don't record it just because I could download the VOD. And then I'll just download the VOD and uh, give you a copy of it. Sick, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. All right, that's 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 dope, man. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna drop a raid on Neat on the Rocks. I gotta I gotta change. I forgot to change the title and shit on my stream for sure. <laughs> Podcast after party. How <laughs> yeah. about that? Uh, unfortunately, I'm getting some furniture delivered. I'll try and pop in for a little bit. Um, that's all good, brother. But uh, yeah, I, sh- I gotta move some. Enjoy I gotta move some furniture, furniture around. Yeah. We're getting a dresser, so I gotta bring the old TV stand out and and do all that fun stuff. Uh, but anyway, Noah, once again, thanks for being here. I appreciate you. Thanks for the uh, thanks the for great podcast me, today and um, all the insight. Everyone else, thanks for being here. Enjoy the Have after party. Time, I'll man. pop in for a little bit, and uh, <laughs> we'll catch y'all later. Yeah, brother. I'm gonna Peace. hang up. I'm gonna hang up the Discord call so it doesn't it doesn't get all That's weird. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. <laughs> all right, later, man. Peace, brother. All right, guys. Once again, take it easy. Much love. Catch y'all later. Enjoy uh, Noah's stream. <laughs>